Bismillahirrahmanirrahim wa bihi nasta'in wa salli lahuma wa baraka ala nabiyyina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa baraka wa sallama wa sallama tasliman kathira amma ba'd Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh We begin by praising Allah seeking his divine aid seeking his assistance whomsoever Allah Azza wa Jal guides none can misguide and whomsoever Allah Azza wa Jal misguides none can guide I bear witness that none has right to be worshipped except Allah Azza wa Jal alone without any partner, and I testified that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his final prophet and messenger. As for proceeding, inshallah, we continue our study of the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and we are still busy explaining the verses in Surah Al-Baqarah based upon the tafsir of Shaykh Abdurrahman ibn Nasir al-Sa'di. And walillahi alhamd, we have reached verse 111. In verse 111, Reads as follows: بعد أن أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وقالوا لي يدخل الجنة إلا من كان هودا أو نصارا تلك أمانيهم كل هاتوا برهانكم إن كنتم صادقين. Allah Azza wa Jal He makes mention of a claim made by the Jews and the Christians and Allah says وقالوا and they say none shall enter paradise. Never will any individual enter paradise unless he is a Jew or a Christian. Allah said, This is but only their wishful thinking, their own wishful thinking. Muhammad to them. Bring forth your proof if indeed you are truthful. In kuntum So Ya Allah Azza wa Jal. He joins together in this claim both Jews and the Christians. And he says, and they said, none shall enter Jannah except if he be a Jew or a Christian. Meaning, the Jews made this claim that paradise, it was only reserved for the Jews to the exclusion of everyone else. Likewise, the Christians made the same claim. They claimed that Jannah is exclusively for the Christians and to the exclusion of of everyone else. Allah Azza wa Jal, He refuted this claim and He said, Tilka amaniyuhum. This is but only their own wishful thinking. This is conjecture. It is not based upon any sound knowledge. And Allah Azza wa Jal, Kul hatu purhanakum in kuntum sadiqin. Bring forward your proof if indeed you are truthful. If indeed you are truthful, yani in your claim. So, this brings to us a very, very important matter, and that is that for any person who makes a claim, he must provide evidence for his claim. In order to validate this claim, one must bring forward evidence. Since lack of evidence proves the claim to be false. So if person A made a claim and he did not provide evidence, then this will mean that his claim is false. If person B brought evidence to rebuttal the claim of person A, but his evidence is not sound, then the claim is rejected on that person's part as well. For this reason, the Prophet said, Al-Bayyinatu al-Mudda'i That the onus of proof lies upon the claimant. So any person, a dispute is happening between Party A and Party B. Whoever 
makes yani the claim he must provide proof if he fails to provide proof this proves that his claim is false this proves that his claim is false since they don't have proof and it is known by way of this that the claim is then false that the claim is in false so Allah says Kul in kuntum bring forward your proof if indeed you are truthful in this claim that paradise is exclusively for the Jews and paradise is exclusive for the Christians bring forward your proof to validate this claim but Allah Azza wa already said that this is their own wishful thinking in the verse which follows verse 112 Allah Azza wa clarifies to us whom Jannah is reserved for and Allah says Bala Allah says Bala man aslama wajhahu lillahi wa huwa muhsinun falahu ajru inda rabbihi whomsoever submits yani the verse literally reads his face to Allah and he is a good doer he will have his reward with his Rabb he will have his reward with his Rabb so Allah Azza mentioned here that the first condition for admittance into paradise it is Islam it is submission to the divine will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala kawnan wa sharan in terms of his decrees and in terms of his sharia and the person does this with his entire self and in the verse the word wajhun is mentioned and waj means face but this is an example in the Arabic language of dhikrul juz wa iradatul kul mentioning a part of something but what is intended by this mention is actually the entire object and in this instance it is the individual the person so whosoever submits his face meaning his entire self lillah he submits his entire self to Allah in submission to him in tawheed and ikhlas sincerity in addition to this the person is a muhsin and muhsin means a good doer a person of ihsan and we know the one definition of ihsan which the prophet gave us is to worship Allah as if you can see him and if you cannot see him know that he subhanahu wa ta'ala sees you and this is the highest level a person can reach within Islam because we know Islam has thalathatu maratib it has three levels firstly Islam Iman and Ihsan so a person is a Muslim a level higher than this is a Mu'min and level higher than this is a Muhsin so Allah says and the person is a Muhsin and the definition which Shaykh Abdul Rahman gives he says is that the person he worships his Lord in all that Allah Azza wa Jal ordains upon him and he does this upon insight he worships Allah Azza wa Jal as Allah Azza wa Jal prescribed upon him and there is no way to know how to worship Allah Azza wa Jal in truth except by way of knowledge except by knowing that Allah Azza wa Jal commanded me with this act and you then learn how to execute this act from the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam so this means the person doesn't just worship Allah Azza wa Jal out of common practice and out of what is customary in his society but rather he worships Allah Azza wa Jal upon basira, upon insight from Allah and this is by having knowledge Allah Azza wa Jal says for these individuals they will have paradise paradise is reserved for the people of ikhlas the people of tawheed and the people 
who worship Allah Azza wa Jal upon insight. Allah says, فَلَهُ أَجْرُ عِنْدَ رَبِّي He will have his reward with his Lord, which is paradise, with all that it contains of pleasures and delights. There is no pain and there is no suffering and there is no turmoil and there is no difficulty in Jannah. Jannah is only pleasure from the very first moment of being admitted into Jannah. May Allah Azrael make us from the people of Jannah. Amin. Allah says, in addition to this, فَلَا خَوْفٌ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا هُمْ يَحْزَنُونَ That there will be no fear upon them. Since fear was only in the dunya, but they took the, the means to protect themselves from the fear and the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So fear is removed from them. There is no emotion known as fear in, in Jannah. So Allah Azza wa Jal will remove from them fear. Allah Azza wa Jal will remove from them fear. Just like Allah Azza wa says, nor will they grieve. Nor will they grieve since they will have been, they will have been saved from that yani which they feared in the dunya. They would have been saved from that which they fear in the dunya. And from this we may understand that whomsoever does not possess sincerity and whosoever does not possess righteous deeds, then this person is not considered to be eligible for Jannah. Rather, this person will become a person who is doomed to eternal condemnation in the fire of Jahannam. We ask Allah Azza wa Jal to protect us from this. Amin. For there is no way to attain salvation except by showing sincerity towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and following His Messenger alayhi salatu wa salam. Allah Azza wa Jal then says in verse 113, وَقَالَتِ الْيَهُودُ لَيْسَتِ النَّصَارَ عَلَى شَيْءٍ وَقَالَتِ النَّصَارَ لَيْسَتِ الْيَهُودُ عَلَى شَيْءٍ وَهُمْ يَتْلُونَ الْكِتَابِ كَذَلِكَ قَالَ الَّذِينَ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ مِثْلَ قَوْلِهِمْ فَاللَّهُ يَحْكُمُ بَيْنَهُمْ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ فِيمَا كَانُوا فِيهِ يَخْتَلِفُونَ Allah says that the Jews say that the Christians have nothing to stand on. And the Christians say the Jews have nothing to stand on. But Allah says, وَهُمْ يَتْلُونَ الْكِتَابِ Whilst both of these groups, both of them read the scripture. They are considered to be Ahlul Kitab. They have a form of divine guidance within their myths, even though it was altered and changed. There remained elements of guidance in it. So it was unbecoming of them to say this about each other since they have divine guidance in their midst. They have the divine guidance in their midst. But the only reason they reached this level was due to their worms and their desires which overcame them. And envy occurred amongst the people of the book. And it reached such a degree that they regarded one another as misguided disbelievers. They regarded each other as misguided disbelievers. Allah also said in this verse Likewise Those who have knowledge Said something similar Said something similar To what the Jews and the Christians have said So they're saying that The Jews and the Christians are not upon anything 
right? And only we have knowledge of this matter. So who did this refer to? This referred to the Mushrikun. The polytheist Arabs made the same claim. And their claim was greater. Since they did not have a divine revelation in their myths. They're not considered to be Ahlul Kitab. The pagans of Makkah were not considered to be people of the scripture. They were pure Mushrikeen. And so they said something similar. That the Jews and the Christians are not upon anything. They have nothing to stand on in terms of their claims. Allah Azrael said, فَاللَّهُ يَحْكُمُ بَيْنَهُمْ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ فِي مَا كَانُوا فِي يَخْتَلِفُونَ But on the day of resurrection, Allah Azza wa Jal will judge between them concerning that wherein they differ. That Allah Azza wa Jal is the ultimate judge. And Allah Azza wa Jal will judge them in the claims which they have made on the day of Qiyamah. On the day of Al-Qiyamah. On the day of Al-Qiyamah. Allah Azrael then says, فَاللَّهُ يَحْكُمُ بَيْنَهُمْ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ فِي مَا كَانُوا فِيهِ يَخْتَلِفُونَ But on the day of resurrection, Allah Azrael will judge between them concerning that wherein they differ. That wherein they differ. Therefore, there will be no success on the day of Qiyamah except for those who believed in all the prophets and all the messengers and obeyed the commands of Allah Azza wa Jal and he did the prohibitions. Anyone other than this will be doomed. So both of them as we know based upon sound knowledge in their claims that they made about each other that the Jews have nothing to stand upon and the Christians have nothing to stand upon in reality this applies to them because only those who have a true footing is those who worship Allah Azza wa Jal sincerely in Tawheed and they establish righteous deeds and they believe in all the prophets and messengers which were sent by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they believe in all the divinely revealed books and this yani is only the trait of the true Muslim so only the Muslims in essence have something to stand upon in terms of their claims in the verse which follows, verse 114, Allah Azza wa Jal says, Allah Azza wa Jal says, And who does a greater injustice? And who does a greater oppression? And who does a greater wrong? than one who prevents Allah Azza wa Jal's name from being mentioned in his places of worship. This is the first crime they commit. That they prevent the name of Allah Azza wa Jal from being mentioned in his places of worship. وَمَنْ أَظْلَمُ مِمَّنْ مَنَعَ مَسَاجِدَ اللَّهِ أَيُّذْكَرَ فِي This is the first crime they commit. The second one is وَسَعَى فِي خَرَابِهَا وَسَعَى فِي and they strive to bring about their ruin. They strive to bring about the ruin of the Masajid of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah says, أُولَٰئِكَ مَا كَانَ لَهُمْ إِلَّا خَائِفِينَ That these individuals, it was not upon them to enter it except in a state of fear. 
For this crime which they committed in the life of this world, they will have disgrace. And in the year after, they will be subjected to a grievous and great punishment from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah is mentioning to us in this verse that there can be no one who does a greater injustice and a greater oppression than the one who prevents people from mentioning the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and establishing his remembrance in the masajid, the places which have been erected for devotion and the worship of Allah Azza wa Jal, purely. Allah Azza wa says there can be no greater oppression than the one who prevents people from worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the places that has been erected for his worship. Secondly, and the person he strives to bring about his ruin. And that means he tries his utmost. He tries in speech and in action from preventing this. So speech could mean he prohibits him from entering it by saying you cannot remember Allah here. It can also mean they petition for yani, a masjid to be closed or they protest due to noise pollution. They say that noise is emanating from this place of worship and so we uh, want this to be stopped. This applies to individuals like this. So they strive yani, to the utmost ability to stop the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they also, they strive to bring about its ruin. And this means both yani, physically and metaphorically. So physically means destroying and demolishing the masajid, literally. And making yani, them dirty by throwing rubbish into it and desecrating the masajid of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as we see which happens today. There is no one more oppressive than this. Metaphorical ruin means preventing people from mentioning Allah Azawajal's name therein. So this is general in meaning and it applies to everyone who meets this description. Whosoever prevents Allah Azza wa Jal from being remembered in the Masajid and they strive to bring about its ruin. This is a general warning and it applies to whomsoever meets this description. This means it includes the Ashabul Fil when Abrahatul Ashram marched 4th from Yemen. And the only reason he marched 4th from Yemen to Mecca was to destroy the Kaaba. And we know this is a well known story, it's found in Surah Al Fil. أَلَمْ تَرَوْ كَيْفَ فَعَلَ رَبُّكَ بِأَصْحَابِ الْفِيلِ أَبْرَحَةُ الْأَشْرَمْ who marched forth with no intention except to destroy the Kaaba. This applies to them. This applies to them. It also applies to the Quraysh in the year of Al-Hudaybiyah when the Prophet marched forth to Mecca to perform Umrah. He was prevented from entering Mecca. He was prevented from entering Mecca and performing his Umrah by way of them preventing the Prophet from fulfilling 
His monastic, his ritual, they entered into this verse since they stopped a person from worshipping Allah Azawajal in the sacred precincts. And this happened in the year of Al-Hudaybiyah, when the treaties of Al-Hudaybiyah took place. It also applies to the Christians. It applies to the Christians when they destroyed Baytul Maqdis and other evildoers who strive to destroy places of worship in opposition to Allah and by way of challenging Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hence Allah Azawajal requited them by preventing them from entering it as prescribed in the Sharia and as Allah Azawajal decrees except in a state of fear and humiliation. And this punishment is due to the fact that they terrorized the slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so Allah Azawajal cast fear into their hearts. And when the polytheist was prevented Yani, or when the polytheist prevented the Prophet from reaching Mecca, it was not long before Allah Azawajal gave permission to his, to his messenger to conquer Mecca and prevent the polytheists from coming near to his house. So they prevented the believers from entering the sacred precincts and worshipping Allah Azawajal therein. It wasn't long before the tide had changed and Islam was given the upper hand. And then Allah Azawajal prohibited them from entering Masjid al-Haram. And Allah said, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, O you who believe, truly the polytheists are najis, they are impure. So do not let them come near the sacred house and the sacred mosque after this final year. Surah to Tawbah, verse 28. So this now meant that Mushrikun and the Ahlul Kitab were not allowed to enter Masjid al-Haram. So Allah Azawajal then gave the upper hand to the believers. As for the people of the elephant, Allah Azawajal told us what happened to them. With regards to the Christians, Allah Azawajal gave the believers power over them and they took Baytul Maqdis away from them. So this applies to everyone who meets this description. Allah Azawajal's justice will inevitably overtake them. And this is one of the great signs of which Allah Azawajal spoke about before it happened. And it happened as was foretold. And the scholars quoted this verse as evidence that it is not permissible to permit the disbelievers to enter the masajid. That some scholars have taken this opinion, they are using this evidence, that the verse in Surah Tawbah addresses the believers and says that the believers, to the believers, oh you believe, the polytheists are truly impure, so do not let them come near the sacred mosque after this final year. So it applies specifically to Masjid al-Haram, but some scholars have extended this meaning to the general masajid as well. And Allah Azawajal knows best. Allah Azawajal says, for them in this world is disgrace. That is shame, as mentioned above, and for them, Yani, in this world and in the year after they will be subjected to a grievous torment. To a grievous torment. So since there is no one who does a greater evil than those who prevent the name of Allah Azawajal from being mentioned in his masajid, then the opposite also means true. That there is no one who is greater in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and in faith than the one who strives to tend to the masjids and to upkeep the masjids.
by building it building masajid and also building it up in terms of worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala therein since there is no one more oppressive who prevents the mention of Allah Azza in the place which has been erected for his worship and they strive to ruin it then those who tend to the masjid by building up the masajid and worshipping Allah Azza therein these are the greatest people in the sight of Allah Azza Allah says in Surah At-Tawbah verse 18 The mosques of Allah Azza are only to be visited and tended by those who believe in Allah and the last day so there is ahkam related to those who upkeep the masjid in terms of its physical structure as well as those who run the daily affairs of the masjid and it is mentioned in this verse in Surah Tawbah verse 18. So indeed Allah Azza has enjoined that his houses should be venerated and honored as Allah Azzawajal says in Surah An-Nur verse 36. Such lamps are lit in houses, masajid, which Allah Azza has ordained to be built so that his name may be remembered therein. And so this, there are many rules which applies to the masajid, all of which are based on these verses which are mentioned in Surah At-Tawbah and Surah An-Nur. And we can go to those verses inshallah and check it up. The final verse we'll be looking at inshallah is verse 215 where Allah says, فَإِنَّمَا تُوَلُّوا فَثَمَّ وَجْهُ اللَّهِ Allah says to Allah Azawajal belongs the east and the west. So wherever you turn, there is the countenance of Allah. There you will find the countenance, the face of Allah. For Allah Azawajal is wasi'un, all-encompassing, all-knowing. So why has the east and west been singled out for mention here? Because this is the focal point of two great signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is the rising of the sun and the setting of the sun. So Allah says, Allah Azawajal to him belongs the east and the west. Since this great sign of Allah, which is the shams, the sun, it rises in the east and it sets in the west. So Allah Azawajal has specified these two directions because it is the position and the place of this great sign of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wa illa except for the fact that Allah Azza is the Rabb of all jihad. He is the Rabb yani, of all directions. Allah Azza mentioned this two specific directions for the reason we have mentioned. So if Allah Azza is in control of them, then He is surely in control of all directions. Allah then said, فَأَيْنَمَا تُوَلُّوا فَثَمَّ وَجْهُ اللَّهِ So wherever you turn, that is, whatever direction you face, if you're taking on that particular direction, and that direction is based upon his command, then one of the following scenarios must apply. Type. So Allah Azrael controls all directions, and he commands all directions. So for him is the command with regard to the following. Either he instructed you to face the Kaaba, after you add, being enjoined to face Baytul Maqdis. Allah controls the jihad. So whatever direction Allah Israel commands you to face in prayer, this command is for him. Or you are enjoined to pray whilst traveling on your mounts and the like. In which case the Qibla is in whichever direction a person is facing. And this pertains to the fiqh of praying upon your ride. 
And this means, Yani, that it's permissible for a person to pray Sunnah prayers when he is mounted upon his right. And whatever direction he faces whilst he's upon his journey, then that is the prayer direction. They will find the face and the countenance of Allah. Likewise, a person who prays upon a plane, he can strive to the best of his ability to determine the prayer direction, but the plane constantly changes. So wherever he turns, there you will find the face of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Or an individu individual who is confused about the Qibla, this also applies to him, and he tried his best to work it out and pray in that direction, and then he found out that he had got it wrong. Or a person is excused because he's being subjected to corporal punishment, or he's sick and the like. This applies to each and every single of the scenarios which we mentioned. Wherever you turn towards, there you will find the face of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So in these scenarios, the person strives to the best of his ability to face the Qibla. But if he's unable to achieve this, then there he will find his prayer direction based upon his exertion. Based upon his exertion. Allah says, whatever the case, whatever direction it takes, he cannot be beyond the dominion of his Lord. Because the jihad, all of the directions, belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah says, فَثَمَّ وَجْهُ اللَّهِ there, the person will find the countenance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in this verse, there is an affirmation of the sifa, the attribute of waj, of face for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like we affirm all the other attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which Allah azza wa affirmed for himself in his book or upon the tongue of his messenger. And these attributes is unlike the attributes of the creation. Allah has la mathil, he has no likeness, and he has la shabi, and there's nothing which resembles him. Laysa ka mithli shay. He is unlike anything, and he is the sami, the all year and the all seer. So in this verse, he is a proof of the affirmation of the sifa of waj for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah says, Inna Allah wasi'un alim. Inna Allah wasi'un alim. Meaning, Allah Azza wa Jal is all-encompassing in His grace and to Him belongs all sublime attributes and He knows what is in your hearts and your intentions because He Azza wa Jal is the all-encompassing and all-knowing. He has made things easy for you so all praise indeed belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this concludes verse 115 and our next lesson inshallah will pick up from verse 116. Amin ya Rabbil Alameen Aktafi bi'adha subhanakallahu wa bihamdika أشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت أستغفرك وأتوب إليك والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته